Welcome back to Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekusli. Indeed, Lagos, I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. Let's take a look back at some of the biggest policy stories of 2021. Now, let me remind you of some of these stories. Of course, you will tell me what you think about these stories. And if I left out a story that you really uh, liked or you thought should be on this list, you think should be on this list, um, let me know when you give us a call. Now, uh, the deadline for everyone to integrate their uh, phone numbers with their national identity numbers was supposed to be December 2020, but it kept getting postponed throughout 2021 because NIMC did not not have the capacity to process everybody in time. Right now, the deadline is March 2022. Then the Southern Governors Forum identified open grazing as a major source of insecurity since it leads to herders bringing their cattle to destroy farmers' crops. So they agreed to ban it in all their states. Lagos has passed the ban and it's uh, Lagos is setting up an office in the Agriculture Ministry to enforce it. But the question is, will this enforcement prove feasible? I think that's my first question for my guest in the studio. Yes, Chief Andy Obofurbo is still here. He is a product management executive. He is also a policy analyst and a chief of a walk new house in Okrika. Chief, welcome. Thank you for staying around. Thank, thank you for not kicking me out. <laughs> so my first question, I, I didn't mean to ask a question so soon, but uh, my first question about the open grazing bans is if enforcement will prove feasible. Well, I think if you want to, we've known about, we've seen about Lagos Cities, they know how the Lagos State government knows how to get young men on the streets to disturb people. So whether it's um, last mile disturbing in traffic or whatever it is, or so if the state decides mm-hmm. that they want to now start disturbing people moving with cows, mm-hmm. I think the state has a capacity to do it. To the question is, today will they? Will they? Okay. Well, uh, in the midst of all the agitation from the southern governors and the people, the Senate started a process to look into restructuring. I don't know if you remember that was a big story from 2021. Earlier in 2021, they held public hearings in 12 states two in each uh, geopolitical zone. Lots of organizations and individuals came forward with their suggestions for for restructuring Nigeria politically, organizationally, and economically. Now, my question for you, Chief, what are your ideas for restructuring Nigeria? Because I have found that once I ask that question, anytime I ask that question on this show, you hear very interesting ideas. So many people, you know, telling you what their own idea of restructuring is. Some of them, great. Some of them, Great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> some of them wonderful, some of them wonderful. <laughs> so, so, you know, I want to know what are your uh, ideas for restructuring Nigeria? Uh, my first and foremost. Do you even uh, believe in restructuring Nigeria? Yes, I believe because the current structure is terrible, so okay. it has to change. I believe in um, reforming um, land ownership and resource ownership first mm. and foremost. Okay, you know, so repeal the Land Use Act, replace it with something that um, devolves power over land from state governments to either local governments or municipalities mm-hmm. or you know or communities host communities right. um ownership of resources whether it's under the soil above the soil or on the coast should belong to those communities right. and to individuals that the communities choose to give that to i believe I in, so. that's right <laughs> Resource control, first and foremost. First and foremost. Then everything else springs from there. Mm. I believe in... um I, I, I think that... I agree with those who want, for instance, um, you know, 
regions, you know, um, geopolitical zones, regions, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. I think we should have a hybrid system like you have in places like Spain, mm-hmm. where some places are, or, or Canada or Australia, where some places are large bodies as provinces, mm-hmm. others are smaller, you know, as as regions, sorry, large regions, small provinces, mm-hmm. based on either whatever agreement. And we should have a system of referendums that allows municipalities, communities, states, or whatever to opt out or opt in or federating units. I believe we should have proportional representation, unicameral proportional representation, scrap the Senate, or rather merge the Senate and the House of Reps, reduce the numbers, and let those numbers be elected proportionally Mm -hmm. so that everybody is equally represented, including 50-50 between men and women. So these are just some of the things I believe in. You believe in as far as restructuring is concerned. The National Assembly also passed the Petroleum Industry Act, um, changing how oil and gas is administered. I had brilliant guests on that subject. What I love about the show is how we're always able to get like brilliant guests um, to come and have these conversations with us. Uh, we had a brilliant oil and gas lawyer who joined us and um, I remember that there was a lot of controversy over royalties to, you know, communities like yours. To my people. Yes, to those communities and uh, the money earmarked for frontier exploration that that also caused quite the uproar. What were your thoughts at the time? Well, on the frontier one, eh, the whole world is moving away from oil and gas. Right. We should be... The money we're making, we're still making, mm. managing to make from oil and gas, we should be using it to find other streams of revenue, invest in other parts of the economy. Where the UAE is doing, yes. Saudi Arabia exactly. is doing, and these are the babas of yes. you know, oil and gas. Not throw good money after bad. If these frontier regions are bad market, if there were oil in sufficient you know commercial quantities we would have found it by now but what you're saying because you have you have your bps you have your um any agip whatever they call mm-hmm. themselves these days the shell and the chevrons of this world mm-hmm. these people have refused to put money into searching for oil in these frontier regions that's businesses who know that if they find that oil they will make a profit right. have refused to go right. but now government is the one that is going that should tell you that it's not economically commercially viable so that's on the frontiers in terms of royalties to the um, to the host communities I believe that the entire oil and gas commercial um, structure is a criminal enterprise anyway robbing the indiv- indigenous and the host communities that number should not be that 3% or whatever it is all the royalties that belong to the majority of royalties should be going to the host communities, the minority going to government at whatever level, state, local, or, or federal. Mm. That's what I personally believe. But I know that we won't get there now and we're outnumbered mm. because the, the lawmakers from um, non-oil producing states are, much are, more. More, are they are far more than those from the oil producing mm. So we're outnumbered and uh, but eventually like every other thing we have gotten in, for, the, for this, the Niger Delta, we've gotten our own rights through sweat and blood and persecution over the graves of great heroes like Ken Sarawiwa and as long as we're alive, we'll keep on going and we'll get everything that is due to us. Hmm. Uh, this year, state government said that they wanted to collect value-added tax. We're kind of exactly getting to the details of this because it's uh, uh, currently in court at the moment. But um, I remember I had you as a guest on the show when we when we talked about VATs. Right. I had you and uh, uh, a fine gentleman from uh, a PwC, an accountant from PwC Taiwo, mm-hmm. and you both, you know, had very very divergent views yeah. about what should happen with VATs. Yes, I remember um, my my co-guest that day just basically was saying that uh, it can't work because some states will end up and 
taking less money than they currently do now initially and it will be hard for the states to uh, implement it but i again like i what i said then was you can't say don't do a good thing because right now it will be difficult for you to do start doing it and build up that capacity that capacity will never come no matter how long you wait so why not start doing it now then let the states know that they are responsible for raising their own revenue that will encourage the states to stop being parasites and start like you know finding new ways to raise money okay all right I, i'm trying to get through this as quickly as possible so so that lagos can join in uh, let's move to jam now jam cutoff marks yeah mm-hmm. so jam put an end to centralized uh, cutoffs last year uh, going for each university will be able to set its own cutoffs for the UTME. Basically, JAM could not get all the schools to agree on a unified cutoff last year. Uh, in fact, this is actually this is this, this is this is a problem every year. It's, a, it's been going for decades, Sandra. It, yeah. So in 2021, JAM finally said you don't do, and they're letting everyone everybody set their own. Now, now this may mean that some schools will become much harder to get into than others, but the consensus seems to be that um, every school and applicant will find their level. What do you think? I, I think, well, it's about time. In the 80s, my father was on the jam board. Okay. And, uh, you know, this was before phones right. in Nigeria. Right. So he would be going to, he would go to Lagos, probably it was still in Lagos. Mm-hmm. He would go to Lagos every year for this annual meeting. And part of it was discussing the cutoff mark. Mm-hmm. And he'd be gone for days <laughs> because he'd be arguing about the cutoff mark for days. <laughs> I would have no idea when our father would come back because of this jam meeting. So, I think, you know, he's, he has passed away now. So, like, ah, even from from the grave, you'll be very happy about this. <laughs> because, no, it's, you know, some states, some some universities need a higher cutoff mark because right. then, and then they rush them. Mm. Others want to keep the cutoff mark low mm-hmm. so that they can get people from their catchment area mm-hmm. in. Both requests are fair. Mm. So let everybody go their own way. We don't have to have national cake in everything, Sandra. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes back to the previous two topics as well. Mm-hmm. VAT, why must it be a national cake? Oil royalties, why must it be a national cake? Same thing with jam. Let's get rid of this national cake mentality that keeps us, you know, from growing. Hmm. If you just tuned in, we're taking a look at uh, some of the biggest policy stories from 2021. Which ones have we talked about so far that you'd like to share your opinions on? 0700-993-993-993. That's the only number working right now, unfortunately. Uh, line for our uh, Lines for women are down. The service providers are on notice to get them back up, but uh, you can definitely give us a call on 0700-993-993-993. So, so far, we've talked about restructuring. We've talked about NIN and SIM integration. Uh, we've talked about open grazing bans. We've talked about the Petroleum Industry Act. We've talked about VAT and the state government's uh, battle with the federal government. Uh, we've talked about uh, jam cut-off marks. Now, let's talk about fuel subsidy, Chief. Uh, the federal government says that fuel subsidy payments became unsustainable last year. And so they plan to scrap it this year. They are proposing replacing it with a transportation allowance of 5,000 naira to the poorest Nigerians. Now, my question, it's a question I asked at the time. It's a question I'm asking again. What will the savings be? How will these poorest Nigerians be identified? How will transparency in payment be ensured? 
standards as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, I know, I know that you don't work with the federal government, but you know. Um, uh, so now they say the social register is what they want to use. You know, for all these things. Mm-hmm. The question is, how reliable is the social register? Um, I don't want to speak, you know, in broad terms, but as a community leader mm-hmm. in my own small corner of Nigeria, mm-hmm. I can tell you that we have some serious questions about the social register there. So <laughs> the question is, are those same questions repeated all over the country mm-hmm. or not? The other community people should come and talk, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the first question. That makes raises worries about whether this kind of money will, will enter the right hand. Same thing that happened with, you know, palliatives and all these other things, interventions. Right. So these are the issues. So that's one. Uh, I think at the time when you discussed this on your show, mm. you were you did the math about and you know the, the in terms of the savings and the savings were in fact it looked like it was an increase in the subsidy numbers. It was. And then in, in a few days after you did you, you, the next day yeah, the next after day. you you mentioned that the government came out with very new numbers mm. for the subsidy. Mm. I'm like, oh, this police into hard facts and they said that they have to increase these numbers <laughs> to justify this thing. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's let's see how that goes. Let's see how they answer these questions um, this year because now this year we'll go see how far um, if they indeed go forward with the plan. But Lagos join the conversation. What do you think about this uh, 5,000 Naira to the poorest Nigerians for transportation as a way to uh, end full subsidies? 0700-993-993-993. 0700-993-993-993. Hello, thanks for calling us. Hello? Hello, thank you for calling. Um... Good evening, Sandra. Good Happy evening. New Happy New Year. What's your name? Uh, I want to remain anonymous. That's fine. Welcome. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, I want to comment on the... I'm a security man. I want to talk about the uh, CP Lagos State. No, we've moved on from that. Okay. Yes. No problem. Mm. Okay. Thank you very much. 99.3. Hello. 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 Thank you for calling. What's your name, sir? Hello, yeah, this my name is Justin. Hi, welcome. Go ahead. I'm calling to put part of what your discussion is all about. Yes, um, please. I, first of all, I heard what you're saying, but um, I want to let you know something. You know, Nigerians don't want to hear the truth. Okay. The truth still lies that this nation, we need, we need a friend. Okay, thank you very much for calling. 99.3, hello. Hello, Sandra. Good to have you on the show. What's your name, sir? My name is Godwin. Welcome, Godwin. Go ahead. Please, out of these 5,000 federal government say they will share for transportation. Hmm, for the poorest Nigerians. For the poorest Nigerians. Mm-hmm. How many Nigerians they know that it's very poor? That that money will reach them? For transportation now. So it's just for transportation, yes. It's not for all your other needs. It's just for transport. Who are those? How do they know the people that uh, will receive this money? Will be the beneficiary of it? Well, they say they have a social register, so I'm guessing they'll use a social register. You see, federal government is just in Nigeria. Let us, let us tell ourselves through all right, Godwin, thank you very much for calling. You know, uh, there, there's this other thing that, um, you know, Lagos loved so much when we talked about it on Hard Facts. The Federal Civil Service instituted paternity leave. Oh, yes. The idea is to let new fathers bond with their babies and share the workload at home. Incidentally, a lot of women did not like that idea. <laughs> I was quite stunned. 
stunned, you know, by the number of women who vehemently uh, why? Why do you <laughs> fought the idea of fathers, you know, getting paternity leave and staying at home. For for some of them, it was that they didn't want to have to take care of a second baby. So they're taking mm. care of the baby they just gave birth to and they're also having to cater to the needs of the dad. Because a lot of them were worried that their husbands will not be an asset uh, in that situation. They, they would simply be like a liability. For some other people, they just, you know, couldn't wrap their minds around it. What I come into the house to do? Please go and go to work, go and make money. You come, getting, you come and get in our way. Yeah, you know. And then um, some men liked the idea. Idea. Some men, you know, were really intrigued by the idea of a paternity leave for federal civil servants. But some other men said, uh, no, 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 I beg, we don't want it. Some other people were like, eh, we need better laws in this country. This is not a priority at this moment. Why is this? Sandra, let me tell you what the women were afraid of. What? <laughs> Hey, Andy, how far? I do. Ah, come, we will go in my house. Now, they do paternity. <laughs> then, all of us, like nine of us, will come to our friend's house. Hey, we can't see the baby now. Hey, they do paternity. Hey. Then he'll start calling his wife. Please bring food for my friends. Oh. Bring drink for my friends. Oh. Which will be shouting, oh boy, you don't try. Oh. This is your own paternity, no sweet. Oh. When we do paternity for Peter House, don't be like this. Peter, welcome us with goods. You call us with this. I think that's what your your female callers were afraid of. <laughs> I wish they could call in, but we don't have the life for women. But it was quite the subject. Uh, Lagos, do you support the idea of a paternity leave? Uh, what do you think about uh, the federal uh, civil service um, instituting paternity leave so that new fathers can bond with their babies? And of course, feel free to talk to us about all the other stories that we've uh, taken a look at from 2021. Policy stories, that we're, that's what we're focusing on uh, on today's show. We've, we've been doing this since last week, Monday. We've gone all over the place. We've done the wildest, most ridiculous stories. I had Chief and uh, Joy. She's a regular caller on, on the show with us. We've done the uh, biggest business stories. We've done... Um uh, the biggest political stories. Last week, Thursday, we took a look at the biggest po- uh, uh, um, social stories, human interest stories. Uh, today, we're doing uh, policy stories. Tomorrow, we're going to look at security. Tomorrow's show will focus on security in 2021. But uh, you tell me what story we've touched on so far that um, you thought, um, you know, you, ha- you have thoughts on. 0700-993-993-993. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Our Ebo President Do and our Ambassador Sandra has a question. Good evening, sir. Good to have you on the show. Yes, this is Godwin Collis from Doshoro Lakwe. Welcome, Godwin. Happy New Year. Happy New Year once again. Hmm. Yes. Uh, the point you have enumerated before now. And uh, 2021 uh, review. Mm. This 5,000 Naira for the so-called ordinary, mm-hmm. it is a clear picture that there is nothing that will come out of out of that. Sandra, mm. the market money has all the market closed now. <laughs> so why is it not being shared? Then uh, the other time, they say every graduate or young one, uh, what they call it, there was a name, a nomenclature given, that uh, you'll be paid 5,000 naira. Where, where, who is collecting that now? 
fulfilling program, even when at the dead middle of uh, COVID-19, that everybody was not in, on the streets, not to talk of in the school. Yet, they deceived themselves, saying that they were sharing money or giving money to abusing students. And uh, there is this television that they said, yes, Lagos, now they are going to be watching all the DSTV and whatever, whatever, that, that Lagos now is, go- is going to get it. Since I've been tuning my television, I've not seen it. And these are the deceit that is very, very formal with this current administration. A lot of things, blocking of uh, boundary, and there are no more whatever to come in and go out. What is the implication of that today? Hunger and poverty all over the country. Then the movement of Malu, Kao, Tatu, to the southern side, which since the uh, advent of uh, the current administration with uh, Buhari in charge, now some people felt now that their father is in charge, they can do and undo. And as such, they can go to anywhere and march anywhere and spoil people's food. And then nobody should talk. What is the implication of that today? Hunger, nobody can farm again. Because if you go to farm, the Fulani people, they will kill you and destroy your, your whatever. And that today, what we have in the country? Hunger and fear to go to farm. But uh, Sandra, our ambassador, Sandra uh, Presido, there are many, if I should go on to enumerate, Mm. other people will not have the chance to say. Godwin, thank you very much for calling us. Um, uh, Let me take a few more calls. Let me take a few more calls. Actually, one more call, because we have a break coming up in one minute. 99.3, hello. God bless you. Bless you as well. What's your name, sir? To call your station is always the problem. It's <laughs> adept, adept, A-D-E-P. It's very, very hard. In fact, it's discouraging. Oh, sorry. I mean, there are over 2 million people listening, so of course well, it's yeah, hard. yeah, people should find a way to accommodate 2 million people. We do. We have six lines. But why is it difficult? I mean, because they, be, because they're all calling at the same time. Your time is running, though. You have one more minute because we have to take a break. Okay. Am I speaking with uh, Sandra? Uh, yes, you're live on air. You've been talking live on air. Oh, he didn't tell me that. Sorry. Sorry. Sandra is the question. Eh? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm very I'm well. Doing. How are you, sir? You know that I'm mistakenly, I'm fine. Mm. Intelligent, we died. Mm. I was, I was, I wanted to turn it down, but I was, I was trying to call you. Mm. But I changed it down. I was afraid. Oh, I'm there. Let's say Sandra. Why is Sandra playing? <laughs> <laughs> Why is Sandra not talking? Because <laughs> you're talking about CP. <laughs> I waited, I waited. Ah, I said, ah. Was it a break or something? <laughs> you know, but just but thank God that you are still you are still here. I'm still here. You know, um, yeah, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. Um, um. No, my wife is listening. My wife is a police um, um, woman, and uh, she should be listening. Okay. You know, I know that. But you know, since I've been following you. Um, it started from 3 p.m. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But what I really want to say is, let me be very smart and. Um, Okay. About the police issue, the, ma- the police, you know, Nigerians, it really makes me see that we are the reason why they suppress us. They understand that when you come with a gun, anybody can deliver anything, they can deliver anything for you. So that is why they are using that 
scan of me to oh. suppress everybody. All right, adept. Unfortunately, we've moved on from that. Eh? But thank you so much for calling, and I hope it's easier for you uh, to calling the next time you try to. We'll take a very quick break, two minutes, and we're back, and we're talking some more about uh, some of the biggest policy issues of 2021. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. This is Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Our policy analyst, product management executive, chief of a walk-in house is still here with us uh, taking a look at these stories from 2021 with us. Don't go away. Five thirty. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. Uh, what do you think about uh, paternity leave for new fathers so that they can bond with their babies and share the workload at home? The Federal Civil Service has instituted a paternity leave. Tell me what you think about that. Also, tell me what you think about um, uh, the Apapa Port electronic call-up system. Uh, it went uh, from policy idea to implemented policy to failing policy and finally to sabotaged policy (laughs) it rolled out and for the first few weeks it seemed to be working like i was so proud and then we started getting reports of renewed congestion because of loopholes and then the big one happened somebody knocked the electronic (laughs) gates down with a trailer chief you're laughing but you know follow me how you see this matter (laughs) it just reminds me of what happened to nigeria airways in the early 90s when they went from manual booking to computer booking Mm. to avoid double booking and Mm. then the touts and the airline workers Mm. who have been benefiting from double booking and things set the computers on fire Oh, you know, so that just that's it's just Nigeria in a nutshell for you. Good Lord. You know, so it's like you, I mean, so it's almost like, why do we bother? You know, so why do you complain? Why do you bother? Why do you, you know, keep demanding for like good governance? No, but and the, the, good the, the people in the port who knock down the electronic color, they've not asked for good governance, <laughs> they like their bad governance in that port. They like the bad congestion. Yes. The only people who are bothered by it are unfortunately the public, is mm. the, the, the business traders, women. like, like Sam Hart, who you have on the show my mm-hmm. fellow chief mm-hmm. who talked about his trying to move his container can I just say that I like how much you listen to this show yeah well you, like you said you always have the good guests you always have the good topics yes I do I do yeah. I really do alright let's move to Kaduna State um, Governor Elrofai had a showdown with organized labor over his plan to shrink the civil service Elrofai said that the state couldn't afford to fund the current service even with federal allocation and so costs needed to be cut the NLC uh, said that it had no problem with the cuts in principle, but they believed that El Rafai was going about it illegally and not following the guidelines set down in the Labour Act, um, such as um, last in, first out, uh, consulting the Labour unions on the criteria for redundancy. Mm-hmm. Right now, those negotiations are ongoing, uh, brokered by the federal government. El Rafai says that this issue is bigger than Kaduna. He says that almost every state government and the federal government all have have to cut costs if they want to have the funds to actually govern, right? But that organized labor is getting in the way of that. On the other hand, 
Labour is saying that these cuts are going to do a lot of damage to people in the short term. I remember at the time, uh, uh, Governor Ofai said that um, he was spending more than half of the allocation, uh, you know, and the revenue from the state on uh, uh, salaries. Uh, on salaries, you know, and I, I found it uh, a bit insane because, like, you know, what else are you governing the state with? But what do you think of, you know, that entire situation? Yeah, I think uh, Governor Ofai is hundred percent correct. Okay. Um, that look, this is states. And federal government can't afford to spend on recurrence the way they have been. Hmm. That also ties into the previous talk to, um, topic about the subsidy as well. Right, these things have to go and right. have to be replaced with something hmm. um, cheaper, manageable. Yeah, you know, it's definitely that. But at the same time, the union has a valid point, which is you do these things, bam, in one fell swoop, it's going to hurt people. It's going to impact people's um, livelihoods, spending power, ability to feed themselves and their families. So. But then at the end of the day, so what's the way forward? You have to find a way to remove these things in a gradual enough way that people don't die. But at the same time, you still have to remove them. You absolutely cannot keep them there. Because we, you know, we keep on avoiding the evil day, postponing it, postponing it. The longer you postpone it, the more money has gone into this hole. Right, money that should have been spent instead in growing government's capacity. Right. Of course, that's not to say that if government gets all these cuts it wants, mm-hmm. that the savings is to use the money, money you know properly. So then, the, a third angle has to come in: the angle of monitoring of a, an evaluation of government, mm. where the citizens are now a stakeholder to supervise and monitor how government is actually spending these savings. And that's not happened yet. Mm. So it's a very tough thing. And one of the reasons why I thank God I'm not a governor. <laughs> oh, the president sacked two ministers last year. Um, he sacked uh, Mohamed Nanono from Agriculture and uh, Rural Development. And he sacked Saleh Maman from Power. Uh, the presidency specified that they were sacked after evaluating their performance. What did you think of that? Well, I think more ministers should have been sacked, but two is a good start. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly speaking, there are lots of ministers you're like, okay, what has this one been doing? Mm. You know, but definitely the minister of power deserved the sack. The minister of agric also deserved the sack. Mm. You know, there's I don't think anybody can defend their track record either of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it's, it's one of those things. Here's another story that had everyone talking. Uh, a very interesting uh, policy announcement: the plan to get more people interested in teaching. Uh, by paying them to study. So the federal government said that um, going forward, anybody getting a bachelor's degree in education will receive a 75,000 naira per semester stipend. And the question at that time uh, that I had, and I still have, I guess, is will this money be enough to get the best and the brightest to change their career paths? So for me, Sandra Ezekwesli, who my first degree was in mass communication, my second degree was uh, in um, uh, corporate communications, while I was getting a degree in mass communication, you know, could 75,000 naira per semester, well, at the time that I got my first degree, yes. You know, well, you, have to, you have to take it back to what the equivalent at that time would was. have been. Fair enough, fair enough, fair so enough. So, Sandra is a question as a student today. You're right, fair enough, fair enough, you know. Yeah. Is 75,000 naira a semester today, knowing, you know, that when you graduate, you'll be getting a teacher's salary. You know, would that, uh, would that get you to give up a job in 10 
tech, a job in medicine, in oil and gas, you know, because of 75,000 naira that you're going to get today. I don't know. Well, I, I come from a family of educators. Okay. Both uh, my father was a professor, my mother was a lecturer, mm -hmm. um, my aunt was a headmistress, mm -hmm. teachers, and all of them. And so I can look at my aunts, my uncles, all of them educators. Mm -hmm. And if I were in school or let's say I was still in school today mm -hmm. and I was telling them that rather than going to study computer science as I did, I was thinking about studying education mm -hmm. because of this 75,000 a semester stipend. Mm -hmm. So 150,000 uh, a year, which is, you know, just north of like 10,000 a month. Mm -hmm. If that's the reason why mm -hmm. I was thinking about changing mm -hmm. and setting my future to be a teacher, mm -hmm. I can guarantee you that my parents, my aunts <laughs> would have all gathered that money mm. to be paying me. Or, and even if they don't have it, mm. they'll go and beg somebody, please give this boy, even if he's 15,000 a month, mm -hmm. let him not think about going into education. And if all else fails, they'll beat you up. Yes. You know. <laughs> and not because, and I, and I had to point out that they were educators because mm -hmm. to show you that it's not because they're saying teaching is bad. Mm -hmm. These people loved to teach. But they say that the, the rewards for teaching in Nigeria, Nigeria are a disgrace, are a scandal. And so anybody who means well for their child mm -hmm. wouldn't want their child to end up as a teacher in Nigeria. Mm. So regardless of the incentive while in school, because right. not just about how you live while you're in school, right. it's how you live after school. Right. You know, the next like 30, 40 years before you retire, right. how are you going to feed? Let me talk to Lagos about that. Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. Hello, thanks for calling us. Hello. Thank you for calling. What's your name? Sandra, mm? how are you? I'm very my well. Sister. How are you, my yeah, brother? Mr. Chika Robinson, organic former. Go. Welcome. Good to have you on the show. Sandra, mm? the problem of Nigeria is that Nigeria is clapping with one hand. <laughs> okay. Yes, they are clapping with one hand. Okay. Education does not cure poverty. What cures poverty is God, education, courage, and the idea, information, and the imagination. Okay. And you understand where I'm going? I, I think so. Yes. What cures poverty? God, education, courage, idea, information, and imagination. Hmm. The, uh, you know, our people are only depending on one sole product. Oh, yeah. Sandra, hmm. you are a very you are educated person. You are, very, you are an intellectual. Okay. If you recharge like that, all the whole Sangasa forest, you spend, look at, don't better I put 15 pounds for my number state. Okay. You, you put 15 billion dollars in Northeast. Mm. Put, put 15 billion dollars in North Central, Northwest, North um, Southeast, Southwest, where you, you employ like five, five million people. Mm. Nigeria will be better. We're only clapping with one hand. Following leaders who does not have vision, the only myopic. So many of them are myopic. Some of them think only themselves. If you give us chance, Dangota has spent 15 billion in 15 billion in Southwest. Why can't people, I know one person, single person, Anambra said, can spend 15 billion in 15 billion dollars in Northeast? We can join Northeast with the South South. They carry oil from South uh, South, South South, and go to, uh, to Cardinal. Why can't they carry water? All right. Thank you very much. 99.3. Hello. 
Sorry about that. Call back if you can. Chief, I want us to quickly get through this list because, um, you know, when I was um, uh, compressing my list, compiling my list, I realized that Hard Facts covers quite a lot of policy stories. We, covers, oh, yeah. we, we cover quite a number of, uh, of policy stories. So take, for instance, this um, uh, concessions by the federal government. The federal executive has approved the plan to concession 10 major highways across the country. I remember I had somebody from the presidency uh, join us on the show for that conversation. I believe it was Adrian Gilali. Uh, what that meant uh, was that, or what this means, is that private companies will take over maintaining these highways and in return, they will be allowed to collect money at toll gates. Uh, reactions from Lagos, very mixed. You know, when we had that conversation, what, 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 do, you, what do you think about this? I think again, uh, everything I say, you can always imagine that Chief was also saying, as long as there is proper supervision of the process. <laughs> you know, because like, I think I agree in principle mm. that federal government has proven mm. since 1999 when, when the tool gates were mm-hmm. removed, even before then, mm-hmm. has proven that it is terrible at maintaining the highways. Right. So let's not keep, you know... Doing the same, same thing, thing, expecting right. different results. Now, the public people, public companies... If they know that their livelihood depends on it, on paper, should be expected to do better. Mm. But the question is, will they? Will they? The question is... Chike and Papa is on the line. Chike, hello. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Happy New Year. Same to you. Turn your radio off. Let's do better in the New Year. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year, Sandra. Happy New Year, Chike. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is about this uh, 5,000 Naira... uh, issue. Hmm. Federal government proposed 5,000 for the the, the poorest people. Mm-hmm. My question I'm asking is this. Who mooted this idea? See, eh? Hmm. In Nigeria, I don't know the owner of Nigeria Info. Are you with me? I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know who owns Nigeria Info. Okay. But one of the reasons why 99.9 Nigerians listening to Nigeria Info is because of we call it capacity utilization. Okay. The kind of people that is Nigerian info. Most of people in Nigerian info are technocrats. Starting from a techers down to you, Sandra. Mm. Most people in Nigerian info, they are technocrats. Okay. They are what is what people like calling Nigerian info. Okay. If you call Nigerian info, you must learn one thing or the other, unlike other radio stations. One of the reasons why Nigeria, are you hearing me? I'm hearing you. Mm-hmm. The problem of Nigeria is what? Bad leadership, lack of political will. One of the things that happens to Nigeria is not Buhari, and it is Buhari. Buhari appointed quacks as ministers, and that's why he's getting a very wrong result. The same thing applicable to Tongolu. Tongolu is not supposed to be a governor. He appointed quacks as commissioners, and that's why insecurity, kidnapping, he cannot implement one policy or the other. A band of Kada, Kada is still on highways today. Because of what? The man in charge of that particular sector is not doing his job, and someone is not ready to sack the person. We don't take responsibilities. Today we have insecurity all over the country, and we have a president. Instead of appointing a good IG of police or a good, uh, a good uh, chief of army staff, he was uh, given a person based on the sentiment. That is the cross of the matter. That is our bad leadership. 
Chike, thank you very much for calling. I wish we had time uh, to take one more call before we have to take a break, but we don't. So let's take this break. When we come back, I will take more of your thoughts. We have a few more stories to get through. So, for instance, uh, there was this other big policy announcement, uh, the Digital uh, Transformation Program with Microsoft and the federal government. I thought that that was a good one because that program will include uh, digital skills training for thousands of Nigerians. As somebody in big tech, Chief, I'm particularly interested in what you think about this particular partnership that the federal government is entering into with uh, Microsoft. But you'll tell me about it after we come back from the break. We'll also talk about the Eastern Corridor. We'll talk about NBC Act and Press Council Act. Don't go away. Welcome back to Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwisle. It's uh, 5.48. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. I've got Chief Andy Obo for a ball on the show with me. He is a product management executive. Uh, he's also a policy analyst. And a big policy announcement uh, from last year was the Digital Transformation Program from Microsoft and the federal government. The program will include digital skills uh, training for thousands of Nigerians. So stuff like software development, design, IT systems, administration, and so on. And then there's the airband program that w- that is supposed to provide cheap fast wireless internet connectivity in 12 different parts of the country and then there's the digital preservation of various nigerian languages so i was very impressed by uh, by that uh, particular um uh partnership announcement between that policy announcement really but um that's me on the outside of tech looking in uh you are in tech so you know talk to us about this was it, this a good thing yeah it's a good deal um generally um, on the job side, apart from the skills, mm. they're also going to try and set up some sort of like clearinghouse, a matching system That's right. to people with skills and people who need to employ them. That's right. You know, Microsoft owns LinkedIn, mm-hmm. so they're using all that technology. LinkedIn has a technology called Graph mm-hmm. to use that to figure out where what jobs are needed, train people for those skills, etc. Um, also, love of course the airband, anything free internet or cheaper internet I'm is great connectivity. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that sort of was has a bit of a question mark for me is the aspect of assistance to the EFCC and other agencies because we've seen Microsoft providing a lot more law enforcement um, assistance. Mm-hmm. On paper that looks good but um, we've also had concerns from different countries about whether Microsoft is helping um, governments to invade the privacy of, of, of their citizens mm-hmm. in a warrantless way. Mm-hmm. Again, as I always say, supervision required. Mm, mm, supervision required. Um, the federal government says it's reviving the Eastern Economic Corridor with three projects. Uh, the new Borne Seaport, the new Port Harcourt Railway Yard, and the renovated Port Harcourt Midugri Railway. I also um, had the presidency in the studio with me for this conversation last year. Um, this is why you should listen to the show, to be honest with you, because from three to seven, there's something amazing happening. We're either having a big policy conversation or a big policy interview or a big political interview or we're bringing you three of the biggest stories of the day or we're discussing women's rights or we're discussing real estate or we're discussing community issues or we're discussing security issues on checkpoints there's all there's something for everyone on hard facts the same thing for our sports show that starts at seven same thing for the show before mine sunny side same thing for uh, the techers love them if you're looking for wholesome family content they are the ones to tune into from uh, 10 a.m. 
every day. And then there's Jimmy Disu between 9 and 10, um, bringing you the discourse. Quality conversations happening there. On the morning crossfire, Sheriff starts your day every day. Like, you you have a pep in your step because you've tuned in to Nigeria Info from 5 a.m. There's something... And, and all of these big interviews, big conversations are happening on all these shows. So there's really no reason to uh, listen to anybody else. But yes, um, I had a presidency uh, uh, on Hard Facts last year talking about this Eastern Corridor that they want to revive. The idea is to improve economic activity along the eastern end of Nigeria to rival the activity along the lagos Kano axis. What do you think about that? Long overdue. Ever since the end of the Civil War, the Eastern Economic Corridor has been neglected. Mm. The railways there have been neglected. And people like me believe that that is part of the reason why something like the Boko Haram insurgency could take root in the Northeast because, well, there were just fewer economic opportunities there than other parts of the North. So, yeah, yeah it's about time. Uh, we, it remains to be seen how it's going to be implemented. Will the port be ready in time and done properly? Um, will the railway, because they're, they're still using narrow gauge and mm. they're not operating to standard gauge. Mm-hmm. How will that all work out? The railway experts will come and tell you different things. Mm-hmm. So I stay out of that. I'm no railway expert. Mm-hmm. So it remains to be seen how that will be done. Alright. So, so far we've talked about uh, NIN SIM integration. We've talked about southern states banning open grazing. We've talked about the Senate public hearings on restructuring. We've discussed the Petroleum Industry Act, the dispute between the FG and state governments over that, jam scrapping the central cutoff, the federal government proposing a 5,000 naira allowance to replace fuel subsidies. So 5,000 naira for your transportation. We talked about the electronic call-up system at the Apapa port. Uh, we talked about Governor Orofai's attempt to shrink the civil service. Uh, President Buhari sacking two ministers. Uh, federal government instituting a paternity leave for civil servants. Federal government proposing 75,000 naira for education students. Uh, the Supreme Court telling Shei Makinde he cannot sack local government councils. Well, we didn't talk about that really, but it was also a huge policy um, development last year 2021 uh, we just talked about the FG concession in major highways and the FG Microsoft digital transformation program as well as a plan to revive the Eastern Corridor let me take a few calls and then we'll talk about the NBC Act Amendment Bill that had journalists up in arms in 2021 0700-993-993-993 0700-993-993-993 uh, we've got WhatsApp. I, I promise I'm going to come to WhatsApp in a bit. 99.3. Hello. Uh, hello, good evening. Good evening to you, sir. What's your name? Hello? Ah, that's unfortunate. We lost that call there. Call us back if you can. 0700-993-993-993. All right, let me take a look at WhatsApp real quick before we move on uh, to the NBC Act. Uh, WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. That's it. All right. While WhatsApp messages are loading, Chief, let's talk about the federal executive and the legislature uh, coming under fire for trying to amend two laws, the NBC Act and the Press Council Act. Civil society groups said that the proposed amendments would give the government too much power over uh, the broadcast and print media, respectively. Both bills gave the information minister power to approve or change the codes of conduct in both fields. Uh, The government would also get the right to pick members of the press council and approve anyone who wants to start and run a, a newspaper. All 
also there were clauses making it jailable to print a story that was believed uh, to not be true or to be no that was believed to be true if it later is found to be false so you're going to go to jail now uh, the backlash against both bills was so loud so strong that the national assembly seems to have let them die seems to have we don't know we'll see what happens this year but um, chief what were your thoughts at the time when these stories were raging I was so happy about the backlash. I was happy that people pressed the necks of of the National Assembly to kill these amendments because, you know, you need a free press in a democracy. You need a free press. You need, um, you know, free broadcast media. And the reason why the NBC exists and the reason why the press council exists is they exist so that government does not directly have full control over the media. Mm. So you have this board that is there that represents all stakeholders, including government and mm. the newspaper and mm. the broadcast and the public. So everybody is there sitting there equally. Because government is just one of many stakeholders. Right. Government doesn't own the press. Government doesn't own the media. Right. Doesn't own broadcast. But right. they, in Nigeria, they want to believe they do. Right. So when you now have them giving these powers to the information minister, it's unheard of. It's uncalled for. Mm. So I was very happy that that pushback existed. Mm -hmm. So that we don't end up in a situation where you, Sandra, working in Nigeria Info, a private radio station, becomes like a government parasitical worker. Mm -hmm. well, I have this message here on WhatsApp. Sandra, when that man called and said, Nigerians clap with one hand, I can't believe I really tried clapping with one hand. Yes, my, myself as well. And Chief too. <laughs> yes. Chief and I in the studios, I tried to clap with one hand. I think we had a psychological reaction to that. <laughs> to that <laughs> statement. Uh, we have this one here. Mm, no, that's a message coming in from 4 o'clock. The CP story really had people going. We've got uh, this one here from Prince who says, the plan for subsidy removal is a punishment in the making for the citizens. The money is not going to get to the right people. And if it does, what can 5K do in place of transport for citizens? May God help us in this country, Prince says. All right, that's it. Let's come back to the phone lines. 99.3. Sorry about that. Call back if you can. 99.3. Hello. Uh, hi. Hi. What's your name? Oh, no. Oh, I hate it when that happens, don't you? Well, the another interesting bill that got to second reading last year, Chief, uh, is a presidential transition bill. Uh, among other things, the bill will make it an impeachable offense for a president not to nominate ministers within 30 days of being sworn in. Was, is that a good thing? Very good. Like, <laughs> see, I believe eh, that everything that a government official should do, hmm. there should be a law allowing us to either fine or sack the person for not doing it. <laughs> so if the president should there's no reason why it should take the president more than 30 days after swearing usually if he's elected two three months before he's swearing in mm -hmm. pick your cabinet and come and announce them you see done in other countries mm -hmm. south africa mm -hmm. this is, what is the delay for but look at the people who are now wanting to, to impeach the president mm -hmm. national assembly mm -hmm. i heard that they did not meet the number of times they are, that they were constitutionally required, required to meet yeah, last they year didn't, yeah they, they fell short they did they fell and short. nobody has arrested them <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about one more bill as we wrap up the show we, we are in the final minute of the show right at the end of the year the National Assembly debated a gender equality bill uh, Senator Lujimi introduced the bill to strengthen the law in areas where women's constitutional rights are violated such as inheritance rights for daughters and widows rights of divorced women and so on but some of her colleagues disagreed including Senator Yusuf Yusuf he said on the Senate floor that uh, 